talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast. It's basically the stuff you talk about with your friends, except we record it, we post it online, and we all cry about how sad Sandra and my lives are. <laughs> Usually I end up in a corner, but that's just, you know, Friday. What can I tell you? Um, usually we have some great guests on the podcast, and today is no exception. Uh, we are going a different direction today. We're going to talk about some, we have a topic, let's just say, for the podcast. And today's topic is things you thought you were good at, but it turns out you weren't good at them after all. that make any sense? Yeah, you like realized you actually really suck. Yeah, and then there was a moment of reckoning in your life, perhaps. <laughs> That's what but happened to me anyway. We, before we get to that, we are going to do the quick, which is the part of the podcast where we kind of recap our week and what happened and uh, some other failure in life. So I guess I should start then. Yes. I want to talk about your superiority complex. I've known you've had it for years and you've just now discovered. You know, you call it a superiority complex. I'm not sure what to call it, but let's put it this way. Anytime you go to a party or you see some kind of a party in front of you and everybody in the party is inside the velvet ropes, at that moment in life, you know they're better than you. Wouldn't you agree? So, like, if you're at a club, because it's been so long since I've that's been right. to a club. When I go God. to the club, that's right, when I'm clubbing. <laughs> the VIP, VIP area has velvet ropes, and they're the cool people with money. Pretty and much. we are never included in that. Okay. When you think about it, the velvet ropes is such a, a metaphor for so many different things in life. But really, it's a symbolism of elitism. Isn't right, it? like at the bank, the people in line getting money, they're in the velvet robe. That's exactly right. The velvet they have ropes. money. Why don't you just like really think about the velvet ropes for a minute? I've given it so much thought. Um, I was at a party a week ago and I was inside the velvet rope. No, no word of a lie. I'm, we're in a mall. And the event is sort of like in the center of the mall. And to keep all the riffraff out, they put velvet ropes around the party so that the riffraff, also known as the shoppers, could look right. at us, but they could not come inside the party inside the velvet ropes. And I thought, holy crap, do I ever feel better than everybody right now? And you I realize was, it, it's the equivalent to being an animal in a zoo. It is, but we were, but I was wearing four inch heels. And I'll tell you, I was rocking it. But just, and then you start realizing the way you are looked at when you are inside the velvet ropes. People look at you like, what are they doing in their life that they're inside the velvet ropes and I'm not? What is happening? And what they, makes them special? What makes me so goddamn special? Well, I don't, you know what? Who, I got the invite and you didn't. That's the first thing. <laughs> It's like ridiculous. And I was going around to different party people and I'm like, look at us. Look outside the velvet ropes. Look at those poor slobs looking at us. How in God's name You're do we so be rude? Oh my gosh. Do you actually look at people like that? Of course not. Of course not. But it's just the the comedy of it is that you you just the velvet ropes is such a like I said, a symbol of elitism. Then they put you in these velvet ropes and you're supposed to act like you're better than everybody and like the club and all that stuff. It is totally ridiculous. And then you start being ridiculous when you're inside a velvet rope. It's like I, I must be some kind of a big deal. What was the event for? Um, it was actually a really nice one. It was a, a, a flower event. 
So they basically make mannequins out of flowers, and it's a cross Canada tour. I'm not sure if they're even bringing that's very one to cool, London. like artistic artistic and whatnot it's beautiful and they have like a vip opening night and then they open it to the public but the vip opening night is you know canapes and open bar and right. velvet ropes so you started out looking like you were something but you went home looking sloppier than everybody else in the mall that's l- literally my life absolutely <laughs> you, 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 every every event starts off really well and then it never does but it you know it's a, again that velvet rope thing every great victory in my life has usually started with a velvet rope <laughs> and then you get taken down a peg shortly thereafter of course so how do you think you could incorporate more velvet ropes in your life? Well, I've actually looked into buying a velvet rope so that every morning when I come to work, I would have to actually unhinge the velvet rope to get into my space and then hinge it back in so everyone would see me behind the velvet ropes. Don't I feel that, like if I had a cubicle, that would be amazing. Wouldn't it be the the greatest thing? Because it's just, the velvet rope is so ridiculous. Can we just like just break it down for a minute? Anybody, okay. anybody can just climb over it. You know that, right? <laughs> Well, like, not everybody. I mean, I've seen your regular morning show partner. He's kind of short. <laughs> well, he could he could go under go it. Go under it. <laughs> you or you could just unhinge it. You know right. I mean, anybody can technically get inside the velvet ropes. It's but not there that is big a of sense a deal. of security. This is why I'm saying the velvet rope concept is so ridiculous. And then just that feeling that you're better than everybody else is also ridiculous. And pretending to be because I'm on the other side of the velvet ropes. Last year I was in Vegas and this whole velvet rope dichotomy in my brain began when I was at the MGM Grand and it was the same thing. There's, you know, a bunch of sad people at the slot machines of which I was one. Uh, right. Then there's like this big party happening in the center and it was this right, VIP. Right, the high rollers, yeah. The high, no, this was a VIP Estee Lauder party. Oh. Like, you know, when they bring the conventions and stuff in? Mm-hmm. So in this, they, they cordoned off an area with velvet ropes and all these people were having a smashing good time. And I, I thought to myself, what the hell makes you better than me? Obviously, it's a velvet rope. So I did climb under the velvet rope and I crashed. Did you his, get kicked out? I did not. What? I just pretended to be better than everyone else and I fit right in. <laughs> well, that's not a stretch for you. Exactly. <laughs> so it, just, it, you know, I'm just trying to point out the ridiculousness of the velvet ropes, yet I still embrace them too because they are, they are so funny. They really are. But if I you, agree. If, if you see velvet ropes in your travels, please, please just get me one. I just need, I just need two columns and the, the one rope. That's fine. <laughs> I'll make it work. Not like the ones at the airport that are basically seat belts. Yeah, no, oh God, those are those so ghetto. Those do please. not make you feel good. No, and there's always some kid that starts playing with <laughs> Someone's going to die with one of those things. I know, and it comes flying at your yeah. face because it's on a return. That's right. <laughs> oh, vel- oh, velvet ropes. We should all have one. Actually, no, we shouldn't. I should, though. <laughs> uh, Sandra, yeah. I have a feeling I've already made a bad impression on my new doctor, and I'm so upset that I did this. So, I, well, how, why do you need a new doctor? Oh, because I happened? didn't like my old doctor. Okay, I had well. a desperation doctor when I moved to London. Oh, I was see. like, he wasn't the greatest. He was just the only one taking patients. Okay, so, so now you, I got uh, into the hip new cool doctor's office in town that's accepting patients. And they're all like young, highly educated, up to date doctors. I had an in. I knew one of the doctors in the office and he vouched for me. And now I forgot to show up to my first appointment. Are you kidding? Like that's going to go in my chart. 
You're you're not going to are you getting a second appointment? I don't know. This was supposed to be our meet and greet, which is basically where they meet you and decide whether you're sane enough to have you in their practice. Do you know how hard it is to get a doctor in Ontario, woman? I know. What happened was I put it in my phone. I live and die by the appointments in my phone because, uh, you know, life gets busy. Sure. You have a million things on the go. But I forgot to set an alert so it didn't show up on my phone. Okay. first of all, stop blaming the phone. You are to blame. You're in charge of looking at your calendar. Okay, I'm to blame. But you actually miss, so you miss your first appointment. And they didn't even call me. They're just like, oh, we're done with you. Oh, now you're being ghosted? (laughs) I'm being ghosted by my doctor. And I was really looking forward to it. Do you think... Not that I really... I'm one of those people that showers and grooms and wears their Sunday best to go to the doctor because I feel like if you put your best face on they have some sort of idea that maybe you take care of yourself (laughs) you don't want to come in like you look like you're going to be a needy patient right you want to be like like a normal person who has normal problems and they don't have to work overly hard with you and i smell really good (laughs) and like (laughs) and you didn't show up like you're better than them or something Right. Like I should have a velvet rope at the doctor's office. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, God. So are you going to get a sec? I don't even think you're going to get a second appointment. Have you called to apologize? And and I just realized today. And when because I was like, oh, I think I have a doctor's appointment this week. And I looked at my phone. I was like, no, last week. (sighs) So they think you're not going to do. Okay. well, now I like I need to know if you're going to get a second appointment right now. If it was me, you wouldn't get one. Is it appropriate to bring wine to your doctor's office? Because <laughs> that's how I suck up to my hairdresser. Well, the hairdresser, anybody can get a hairdresser. <laughs> I, they should be bringing you wine, as far as I'm concerned. Anybody can get a hairdresser in anywhere because there's so yeah, many great ones. Yeah, but one slip of those scissors and it's all over. Oh, that's true, too. So you but always suck up to your hairdresser. I wouldn't bring a wine, but I would bring like a gift card to all the stores. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just bring gift cards and say, I'm so sorry for your time. I'm just, or, or you could, if you really wanted, if you're like desperate for this doctor, you could take the death in the family route. It's dirty. It's dirty, Hillary, but sometimes you got to do it. Right. But somebody, but like, who's like, has someone recently died in your life? No. Also, the office listens to the station, so they probably know. Because I talk about everything in our lives on the radio. So, yeah, I I don't know what to do. I would go on. Okay, so if you know that they listen to your show, why don't you just just basically plead guilty on the radio? I did this morning. Okay, okay, so that might go very well or very poorly for you. I would say if it was me, I'd be like, you know what? Life happened. She owned it. She could have called me up and lied and been like, talked to me about somebody dying in her family. Like, do I offer up front to pay for the missed appointment? Because they do that too without 24 hours cancellation. How much? I don't know, like 60 bucks maybe? Give them the 60 bucks and uh, ask for a (sighs) mulligan. I know. Sometimes if you want a good doctor, and we all do, it's worth the 60 bucks. And and throw yourself on the mercy of the court. (laughs) I beg for forgiveness. That's all you can do. Is it a male or a female doctor? Female. It's the penultimate of doctors. She is. She's the one. Well, you you have to have her then. I I feel like it's a bad date that I forgot. Like, I feel like we need a second date to try this again and... I'm just so upset. What's the, what do they say? You never get a second crack at a first impression. Right. right. And now, tardy, 
maybe, what if I claim short-term memory loss and say that we need to do some tests? You know what? I could concuss you. Like, it's going to be elaborate, but I could concuss you, and then you'll be like, oh, my head was jumbled. I thought it was, I thought it was June. I didn't know. Like, and I could, I could say, yeah, it's true. I'll lie for you. You know, I'll lie for you. I will tell an I know, elaborate you're tale for my friends. Oh, you're I, my ride or die. I am the first person you should come to if you need someone to come up with an elaborate lie for you. I, I'd like to also, think of myself. if you need a surprise head injury, also right there for me. <laughs> I have weird stuff in my trunk I could hit you with. <laughs> like what? I have, I have a, like this crazy 40-pound <laughs> snowbrush and, and uh, ice pick. <laughs> and how do you explain that? The weather's been decent. Just leave me alone on that one. Uh, I, <laughs> I have um, windshield wiper fluid that never seems to empty. Maybe I got hit in the head with one of those velvet ropes. (laughs) You could say I was going to this VIP party and the funniest thing happened. (laughs) Where the airport, the the airport (laughs) took one right in the eye. And then next thing you know, I woke up in the hospital. I don't know what happened. But but I'm a VIP. (laughs) You know what? I wish I were a good liar. And sometimes I like to think that I'm a good liar, but I'm not. It's um, just one of those things that I always fail at. Oh, honey, that's too bad. <laughs> so I think it's going to be, I just have to die on the sword that I, yeah. yeah. Well, it's too late now. You went and blew it and talked about it on the radio. You're, you can't come back from that now. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. You want to do this? Yes. Okay. Hold on. I have to, I can't turn on a microphone okay. and introduce somebody at the same time. All right. So our topic today for the dirty portion of the Quick and the Dirty podcast is things that you thought you were good at, but it turns out you suck at them, and technology and radio is one of those for Sandra. (laughs) That's not even my first thing. That's not even close to one of the things. Yeah, I can't do technology. I, I, You know, it's so hard because sometimes in life I feel like we lie to ourselves, you know, and then somebody tells you the truth or you see the truth in a video, and then it's like, oh, I'm not at all who I thought I was. Right. And so what's your personal experience with this? Well, the other day I went to a fantastic, it's the lesbian party I was telling you about. Remember I was talking about. You went to get hit on by lesbians because you don't feel like you get enough attention from boys and or your husband. That sums it up very nicely, actually. (laughs) And by the way, lesbians did not hit on me because it turns out lesbians travel in pairs. Once lesbians get together with other lesbians, they're very territorial. I've noticed. And I thought, well, I just need one. I just need one single lesbian to hit on me and I'll be happy. It you needed a stray. I, it just didn't work out. So what happens is that it's a great party. There's a great band. There's a great DJ. And one thing led to another. And I went full party Sandra mode. And I was on the dance floor. And I was what I thought. I thought I had the moves, Hillary. I grew up okay. doing I do, did modern dance. I did jazz. I did tap. I did ballet. And at one point I was told I had the moves in life. I, I did. So How said to old me, were you when you were told you had the moves? I'd say 12, 11, maybe 10. <laughs> yeah, but then eight <laughs> more feet happened. <laughs> you are a giant. That's right. I was, I was 5'10 by the time I was like 13, 5'12. <laughs> You're right. There was a growth spurt involved and things. I never... I just, I still really believe I have the moves. I don't know why I I do, but I was dancing and I think I, nobody took a video of me, thank God. But there was a moment where I was like, this probably looks terrible. Like, you remember Elaine in Seinfeld? 
It wasn't that jerky, but I feel like I do a face when I dance. It's very unattractive. Like oh, when I you... do the bottom lip out. Do you? Oh, totally. I look constipated. Like I actually do like a <laughs> squinty face. And then I realize my mother dances like this and she's the worst dancer ever. You know what happens? Why all women, when you get to a certain age, you can't dance anymore? Why? Because things no longer stay in place where they're supposed to when you move. Like skin gets looser, boobs sag lower, and then you like want to move, but you can't really move because you don't want to get the aftershocks. That's very true. And then <laughs> then you then you're just the side to side dancer. One right. you know, it's just sidestep, 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 and that's all you become. And I was that for a while, but then I really once they started playing like Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive, I right. don't know what happened to me that song. I started going low. You know when you do the Cuz that's the song you twerk to when you get low. Well, I I I overtrusted my squat is what I did. So, I was going down in the squat and what happens when you're wearing four inch heels? You don't make it up again, girl. Did so you go down? I you go- didn't. You didn't. You <laughs> didn't go up. No, I went down and I stayed. I looked like I was having a bush pee. Like I was, <laughs> like I was down, and I was squatting, and I was on the dance floor, and I couldn't get like up. a humiliated dog taking a dump. <laughs> <laughs> that look that they get. <laughs> Just dragging the arse on the dance floor behind me. <laughs> That's pretty much, I have to say that's exactly And they're looking at you directly in the eye. That's right. Don't look at me. And I was sort of dancing with nobody, but I was dancing with everyone and nobody helped me. So I had to, I was like, excuse me, excuse me, to a nice lesbian. And I said, excuse me, can you help me up? And so she went to lift me up and she couldn't because I was too heavy. So then I'm like, oh, God damn it. Why did I have to pick the skinny lesbian? Where's the bigger, I need a bigger one. So So then she uses both hands. It was so humiliating. She finally got me up. And I'm just realizing that I'm not the dancer that I thought I was. I thought I was this squat queen who could go down and come up. Right. Twerk. What it's would you happening. have done if you couldn't have recovered and she couldn't get you up? Like, would you have gone belly down, done the snake, and then got up on your hands and knees? <laughs> I think what I probably would have done is gone on my bum, mm-hmm. fallen back, and then gone on my knees, and then awkwardly tried to recover. But then it would have looked like I had fallen. So I don't know the move. I don't know what the move is to recover, to make it look like I meant to do that. I don't know what that move is. So <laughs> Break t- dancing. But then it's yeah, <laughs> popping and locking. So I, I don't know what, um, I, I just, <laughs> so it was um, like, I, I felt really good about myself all night long until that moment. And then I'm oh. like, oh my God, it's, and then it was like a big wave of like, wait a second, I'm a bad dancer. Oh my God, look at the face I was making. Oh my God, I'm a bad dancer. And it just came crashing down on me. And Are from, you heartbroken about this? Yeah, a little like, bit. I want to be the person on the dance floor who's not, doesn't try too hard. You know, there's some people who do spinning and they try too hard. I don't right? want to be the spinner. I want to be the side to side, cool dancer, but every once in a while can go low, back up, very coolly goes to the bar, back down. You know, like I just want to be, I just want to be cool again. Here's uh, what I'm convinced dancing comes from. If you are around other people who can dance, you can dance because you can copy their moves. And it's easy. But if nobody around can dance and you're leading the pack, it's a cluster. (laughs) That's fair. 
That's that's actually really fair. I learned from I want to say the best, but my mother, oh my God, Hillary, she's the dancer. She'll go on the dancer. She'll make this ridiculous face, and then she likes to grab people, like usually her daughters, and then like spin them, and then bring them in, and like. Two people dancing who are holding hands. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And it's like, oh, my God, why do you have to incorporate me into your dance moves, Mom? Back off. It's more like you don't want to be associated with the embarrassment. So it's, let me ask you this. I are you that. going to do this with your children? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for their weddings. <laughs> but, yeah, it was I, I'm, I honestly I mean, I kid around about it. But there's a part of me that's really sad about the fact that I'm not the dancer that I I thought I was slash um want to be okay so we're continuing on with this theme of things you thought you were good at that you end up failing at uh mine is a little bit different because i never had any hope in hell that i would be good at sports like i have never played a team sport in my life and there's something deep within me that thought you know now that I've lost some weight and I'm feeling a little bit more confident, this is my time before I gain it back to play a sport on a team. This is and good, like, yeah. <laughs> so I joined a ladies softball league with a listener of all people. <laughs> and I'm terrified, but something inside me says like, maybe this will go well. Like, we haven't had our first practice yet, but I have like this hope deep inside me that perhaps I could be... The softball star of the century. <laughs> um, like that you would discover your talent later on in right. life. Right. Like uh, the best underdog story ever. Ha- Chubby arthritic girl finds out she's a killer <laughs> baseball What is player. your experience with softball? Tell me first. Uh, I've thrown a ball once or twice. Okay, good. That's a start. <laughs> Not very far. I, I can hit at batting cages, but I've never actually hit a ball that somebody has pitched since grade school. And um, I haven't ran since 2005. <laughs> okay, so, wow. Now, this is not a competitive league, right? It's like a beer league? Oh, yeah. Okay, but still, there's still... I'm afraid they're all going to hate me. You don't want to be the one that is last in the batting order because you're the suckiest. And then, because then if you're low in the batting order, that means that the game could hinge on you. You never okay. seen the bad news. I have bears? no idea what the rules of softball are. I don't know. All I know <laughs> is the worst part of softball is when you do, in fact, get a hit and you have to run to first base. That is a <laughs> moment of truth that I would never wish on anybody. What do you mean? Because then you're you're not just jo- you're racing to. When was the last time you full on sprinted? It's been a while. It is. There's. It's nerve wracking because. You're counting on a flub because there's no way. I mean, I wouldn't make it to first base ever. And I I played softball at my radio station's softball team in 1994. And I'll never play softball again because of that experience. Why? What happened? But were they competitive, though? No, it was just base. It was just softball and it was radio people. So we were drunk by the time we arrived. <laughs> but Hillary, I hit the ball because I was a good hitter. And right? then I had to run to first base. And I jiggled my boobs. I guess I wasn't wearing a sports bra that day or whatever, but I jiggled. And my boss at the time even joked about how my boobs were jiggling. Like it was. Did you get a black eye? Almost. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, wow, look at those things. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm dying a little here. And I tried to break into a full on run. My running was ridiculous. I was just arms, legs everywhere, boobs. Like it was a mess. So it just, oh, 
It's like a trigger. You should have given me a trigger warning, Hillary, before. (laughs) I am most concerned about my gut jiggling. Well, what's the attire? What can you wear? Like, can you oh, wear Spanx? I, I think it's like, yeah. <laughs> can you wear Spanx under your joggers? Is that legit? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that compression shorts, can we call them that? Compression shorts. <laughs> like the football players wear to keep their groins. There you go. That, that's perfect. You can wear your compression shorts. <laughs> or... And, but you know, here's the thing: you don't want to you don't want to not have a hit because then you'll be like, oh, "There's Hillary up at bat, everybody." Uh, so what I'm it, aiming for is fouls. You want fouls. You want to get walked a lot, right? Well, right. I'm a klutz, so and I'm a big target, so that sounds great. Good. That's all you have to do. And all then right. Be so, a good cheering section, and you're done. Amazing. We have another person on the podcast today. She's a, our very first returning guest. She joined us in the episode called. Millennial, what what did we call it? Um, millennial dating, I think, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Uh, so it's been, I think, uh, what, about eight or nine months since we've had the pleasure of talking to Liz Pearson, who returns with the admission that maybe dating is something she is not so great at. So please welcome <laughs> to the Quick and Literary Podcast, Liz Pearson. Hi. Hey, girl. Hello. Well, when we first had you on the podcast, you were... You just met somebody, but you had been through a string of terrible dates, yeah, and uh, including one where you ended up on some private island that you shouldn't have been on, <laughs> and you got stranded, and it was terrifying. The day I realized that that was not a good idea is when I joined you guys on that podcast. Right. Really? <laughs> well, I didn't even think anything of it until Sandra was like, that's kind of scary. And I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of is. So now we're almost, I would say almost eight months later. Yeah, you I got back dumped the last time. Yeah. You, so that yeah. relationship ended and oh, yeah. you you're back on the dating horse. How's it going so far? <laughs> I can tell you guys it's not uh nothing's been very successful since then. But uh but I'm still trying. I'm still po- thinking positive. Um but yeah, like where what do you want to know? I want to know how many uh, breakups you've had in the last 8 months specifically. One. Uh just oh, was that the recent one? No. Oh, I guess no. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry. how many breakups or <laughs> non-return dates where you've had single dates and haven't gone back for number two? Uh, okay. So I've been kind of like a loser, like the last like eight months. Like I went, I dated a guy in the summer and then the one that Sandra's talking about, I wouldn't really call that dating because it was just, I don't know. It I just, would call it, it dating garbage. anytime it you're garbage. Okay. Well, <laughs> at the time though, you were dating somebody we'll say. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then what happened? Are we talking about the one in the summer? Yes. Okay. Uh, he was just mean. He just sucked. And he was like 30 years old and was just not treating me the way that I deserve. So I kind of I kind of put up for it with it for a while. But then I uh, cut him loose pretty quick. You when, cut him when loose. He says, yeah, he said some mean, mean stuff. I, I like I like the way she talks about 30 like it's the oldest age of life. <laughs> well, for 30, you'd think he'd have his stuff together, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. No, so he wasn't but 30 nice. and dating someone younger who doesn't uh, a lot of people your age maybe don't realize that they deserve to be treated better. So that's often why uh, older men date younger women. You're so wise. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a solid point. You're right. Now, if you don't know anything about Liz, we, of course, will have pictures of Liz on our Instagram story <laughs> and on our Facebook and all that. Liz is a beautiful, young. How old are you now, Liz? 24. 
24-year-old woman. She's got a great job. She's she's nothing but green flags. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. If I was a young red-blooded male, oh my god, Liz, I would I would like I would be all I would date you. I would want to date you and you're smart and you're sexy and you're fun and all this. I like Liz is like, oh, "I'm sexy." You just said I'm sexy. I'm saying if I was a guy, okay, Liz. You're into me, don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't seem to find the guy or when you do find the guy, you can't lock it down long term. So what do you think is holding you back? I don't I don't think it's me. I think okay, I don't think I suck at dating. I think I suck at picking them. Yeah, so you have you're you're bad at that is bad at dating, Liz. Is it? Yes. No, the picking is part of the process. Like good intentions or they just suck. You're a troll magnet. A troll magnet, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> And I need you to admit, I know you're saying you're not great at dating. So I don't think anyone who's my age living in this generation is good at dating. Do you know what you're looking for? Yeah. Remember last time I had a checklist and you told me I wasn't allowed to have a checklist? Well, yeah, that might be part of it because your checklist Mm. might lead you in the wrong direction. Everybody I know who is single and like unable to find love is very picky Mm -hmm. about your checklist, which which is okay. But sometimes you're ruling out the good ones before they even have a chance to prove that they're good. True. I, you know, ever since you told me that it wasn't good to have a checklist, I always think about you when I start to think about my checklist. I'm like, Hillary said, no, I can't. So I'm like, (laughs) I try really hard. And yeah, you're right. Or like if you have a checklist, it should be like, these are the things I'm looking for, but I'll take 60%. You're, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're never going to get a hundred percent success rate <laughs> okay. with anybody 60%. in your life. Okay, Got that's it. a little low, isn't it, Hillary? Yeah. I mean, well, I would maybe say seventy-five. 75. Yeah, like 75 we make good. consolations yeah. for things. I can deal with seventy-five. I think I've been pretty good about it, but I, I just, to be honest, haven't really like tried either. Like I, you know. But you date. I mean, you you had that bad relationship in the summer, and since then you've met some people along the yeah, way. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they're they're you're like, oh yeah. So you've gone on a lot of dates. I've been on a couple. Yeah, I've been on a few. Like I a while ago saw this guy and he was also in his 30s, uh, worked at a bar. I met him at a bar. He's like my bartender. He gave me and my uh, roommate. Never date shots. the bartender. Never date the bartender, Liz. What an amateur move. <laughs> I that is an amateur move. Yeah. Can you just because text us? He's taking you out and every other girl who's cute and hot. <laughs> yeah. Like your competition. That's like dating bartenders is no different than dating on Tinder. He's swiping right all night. Yeah, his problem was that he slept all damn day, literally had no, like, ambition or want or need to do anything other than work at the bar. And then when things ended, it was fine because I was like, I don't don't care for this to continue. But his reasoning was that he just couldn't find the time for a relationship. But he'd sleep all day. And he was like, I'm just so busy with work. He worked Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. (laughs) I'm like, but... In God, like a guy's a mind, job like a yeah. normal adult. And I, I just, but I can understand how that would be difficult because you work Monday to Friday and you work in the day. Yeah, and he doesn't want to get out of bed yeah. on the weekend Loser. before, like during the day when you are awake. <laughs> yeah, so, so that. Can- I, I gotta ask that. about Tinder for a second here because yeah. the, my co-host is Fire also away. yeah my co-host Chris on the show he's also on <laughs> Tinder so I saw it for the first I've never even seen it so he mm. logged me into his account on the computer right and I was going through it and I'm uh, I'm 
I knew that it was really a, a website based on the way you look and then you swipe it's right awful, or left. Yeah. It is awful. And then you can you choose to ask for more information if you want. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it's a, it looks like a sad place to be. Really. It's just and not, mean. Yeah. It's just not ideal if you're looking for a relationship like sometimes relationships come out of it by chance. Like I told you guys before, my roommate, she's been dating a guy for three years that she matched with on Tinder, like her first try. So, like, I feel like there's exceptions, but it's not very often I met my guy on Tinder, and we've been together for almost three. Exactly. So, I feel like there's people who do have success stories, and, like, I shouldn't bash it, but I feel like a lot of the times people are on there for one thing and one thing only. And if, like, someone like me who wasn't goes on there, and there's just, like, pervy things being said, or, yeah, if someone you think is attractive and you're interested in doesn't match you back, you're like, oh, like, what's wrong with me? It's just such a messed up way to live. Like, you're looking for validation from people before you've even met them in person to see if they're worth your time. So you know that's like that in person, too, though. Yeah. Like, we do that in person. The first look you get at somebody, you either decide, do I want to get to know this person more, or do I move along? Yeah, I just feel like first impressions face-to-face are better, because, like, right out the gate, you can see if there's, like, that, like, connection or interest. Meanwhile, you're just looking at a photo, you'd be like, well, that guy's super hot. But he could be not ex- at all what I'm looking for. You know what I mean? And then the poor guy who's, like, super average or takes terrible photos. Could be, yeah. like, your dream guy. And, yeah, it just, it's so weird. Yeah. Do you think you are a bad judge of character because you you keep you you date all these guys and they're all these frogs right. that you kiss along the way? Do, have you ever like seriously said to yourself, Liz, well, I'm picking a, a certain type and I yeah. need to pick another type? Is that your problem? I yeah, I think I don't have a type, I would say, but I feel like. I have bad luck and I, I think that's based on my trust in somebody right out the gate. And yeah, I feel like I just I'm so blind to it sometimes. Like, I feel like I just think that everybody's nice and like got their shit together and is. Yeah. So my so you're giving too many people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, but are yeah. you also maybe not taking responsibility for your choices? No, I, I well, maybe I feel like I try to like if it doesn't work out, I'm not like, oh, that's all his fault. I'm just like, well, on to the next. Do you want to hear something very sad? When I was your age, any man that showed interest in me was someone I would date. I'm not joking. Like, that's just, you know, that's like the 20-something low self-esteem, yeah. you know, oh, he thinks I'm pretty. I should go out with him. And I, I I don't know that I ever really turned down any dates because I didn't have all that many. Yeah. But I didn't. So is there a part of you, too, that is just so complimented when you are asked out that you feel that that you're not tough right on the on the on the get-go or are you getting tougher along the way like i feel like i get asked out by like if i got asked by by, like a complete stranger which hasn't really happened except for that like bartender guy um that i'm like kind of a bitch so like i I don't know if it's like a defense mechanism or i'm just like because remember i told you about that one guy who like hit on me at the gym like i bet if i had reacted differently he would have asked me out but i didn't because i was like "Eh, no but the gym is not where you want to be picked up. No, absolutely Like, did he not. say something inappropriate? <laughs> it was weird. I th- literally texted you, I think, Sandra, and I was like, this just happened to me. Yeah. But well, you'll have to share the story for the rest of us who were not there. Okay. So, basically, I was at the gym, and, like, nobody, I don't know, if girls say they like going to the gym, they're lying, in my opinion. Like, nobody wants to be there. Like, I'd rather be at home. But anyway, so I look like garbage, and that's fine, because I'm at the gym. I'm sweaty. I'm doing arms. I can't wait to leave. And this guy comes up to me who I've seen around, but like, whatever. And he makes me take my headphones out. Like, I hate when people do that, like stop and they're like, can you take your, take your headphones out? And you're like, what, the, what does this guy want? So he, I take them out and he goes, I just really wanted to let you know that, you know, I've really noticed uh, like physical changes in your body since you've started coming here. 
That's creepy. I think that's yeah, creepy. Yeah, me too. I think there was a better way to word it, even if his intentions were good, but that was not the proper way to do it. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, okay, so now you're just looking at my body every time I come. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. And then I, now I notice him every time I go because I'm like, Ugh, like, but, uh, but like, you don't know anything about him. He could be like a real fitness guru uh, and he could have been like, hey, like there's a way to say, hey, I've seen you around at the gym and uh, you are looking great. Your workouts are paying off. Yeah. Just like at the uh, city of Ottawa, like recreational set, like center weight room. Like, I don't know if he is like that. <laughs> Not to be like rude, he he was fit, and I like I was like okay, well that's nice of you to say, but I feel like there is a better way to word it. And uh, yeah, I was just like okay, and put my headphones back in, and then he texted Sandra. Yeah. I was like, is this weird? Am I being a bitch? <laughs> I think I love that she she texts me though, Hillary. Like I know anything she, about she tells anything. It like it is. Like she told me I sucked at dating. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I I you know what? I feel like you have bad taste in men. There, I said it. But I am okay. I'm happy to report I am talking to a guy right now who's super nice and like good looking and fun. And we've had a couple of really good dates. So. Oh, it's a red flag right there. Yeah. I should just <laughs> throw, <laughs> throw him to the curb right now. What's That's the right. Point? He's What's done. The point? Forget it. <laughs> Yeah. How much importance do you put on looks, None. whether it's somebody you meet in person or online? None. Well, mm, that's the thing about being online. Because that was the first thing you said. He's nice and he's good looking. And which, like, of course, everybody wants yeah. somebody who they're attracted to. But yeah, I'm just attracted to him. I'm sure like, yeah, like I, that's the thing about online dating is like all you have, in my opinion, is pictures. Right. So it's like you're like, eh, nah. But, like, if you met someone in person and the way they act and the way they, like, their confidence could have a total different effect on you where you'd be like, this guy's super attractive. Right. So where did you meet the guy you're seeing now? Uh, So it's, like, long story short, but (laughs) you guys are going to laugh. Went to high school with him, um, and then he moved for six years to Calgary and Banff for a while. And then he just moved back, I guess, in, like, December and uh, slid into my DMs about a week and a half ago. Oh, did he now? Yeah. He just slid right in there, he didn't saw- he? But Hillary, but <laughs> Liz, you just broke up with a guy two weeks ago, and then magically, this guy slid into your DMs a week and a half ago. How I convenient! Know. I know. Yeah, but yeah, the guy that two weeks ago, I wouldn't even classify that as a relationship. It was very one-sided and and not worth my time coming to this conclusion. All right. So I don't. But, uh, if you go out with someone more than once, you were dating. Yeah. You weren't going steady. No. But you were dating. Yeah. He's just not. Yeah. He just wasn't the right person for me. Every so. time I talk to you, and I'll go down and I see Liz all the time because she works in the same building as me. So I'll, I'll see Liz, and and I feel like every time I talk, there's like you're dating somebody <laughs> new, or the guy was an absolute jerk. Yeah. You know. I know. What do they say about you, Liz? What do they say about you? Uh, they probably just say horrible things, but that's okay. Do you like the way I turn the tables, Hillary? <laughs> like this is some kind of. She's a well, interesting because we- she's like, yeah, but I mean, there's a point where you have to start examining, like, put laying it all out and saying, okay, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, I I agree, but I also think it's really hard in this day and age for anyone to find somebody who wants to commit. Like bottom line, that's what it is. Well, There's so it many depends options. what you're expecting right off the bat. Like how yeah. how soon after you start dating somebody casually do you expect a commitment to be monogamous? Like I would say like three or four months. It doesn't like I mean like three months is good because then you're realizing like you kind of get to know each other a bit better in the sense that you get like to know who they really are. It's not like two weeks in where you guys are like oh like. <laughs> Let's get married. <laughs> yeah. And like everything's perfect and there's no issues in your lives. But um, I would say after three months, you really start to like figure out who each other is and whether or not you like are OK with who they are. And so I would say like three months is fine. 
And then do you have like a plan on what you're looking for in the future? Like, I'm just wondering, how do you envision the perfect relationship going? So three months, you decide that you're monogamous. How long do you foresee dating somebody before, you know, if marriage is something that you want to do, you start talking about getting engaged, married kids? Like, what's your, do you have a life plan? It's so hard to like make one of those plans because I, I feel like it really depends on your situation. But I would like I would someday like to be married, but I don't think there's a huge rush in, in jumping into marriage with somebody. If you guys are happy together and you're like living together and that type of thing, I don't think that marriage is going to really change a whole lot other than paperwork. But I would eventually like to. But in terms of like a life plan, not really. Like I feel like on average, like a couple years being together before an engagement makes sense to me. There's really no rush, but um, yeah. I was just wondering if maybe like sometimes our life plans can be terrifying for other people when we bring <laughs> yeah. them into a relationship. Yeah, like I don't sit down at the table on like a first date and say, here's my here's my five-year plan. Trust me, so, when you get older, it starts to happen. I, yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Hillary, what would happen if you were still single right now? Like how was it going for you when you were online dating and stuff? Uh I didn't really care all that much when things went right or went wrong. Like I dated some really nice guys for three or four months and then it just, I wasn't getting what I wanted out of it. And so I ended it. Yeah. So maybe it's not so much that she is bad at dating because, you know, you've got, like I say, you got to kiss a few frogs to find your prince. She's just, you know... (laughs) Again, maybe she's up and downing me right now. Like she doesn't know what to I think, think of me. I think it's because no, I know what to think of you. I love you, Liz. I just, I just want the best for you, and I'm sick and tired of you meeting bad guys. I want you to meet a great guy and I have ha- a great love yeah. story. I'll keep you posted on the current one, but I think he's a good guy. Okay. How? What's the longest time period that you've gone being single and not going on any dates? Oh God. Uh, so like, like I, not a single date. What's the longest you've gone? Like four, where you four haven't months. been looking? Like four months. That's Would you ever go like full on single for a year? I just like I, I I could definitely like do it and be fine with it. Like that's happened to me before. But I just like if somebody comes along that's like I'm interested and they're interested in me, I'm not going to not try. So, right. But I, and if, what's if like it, the longest you've gone without being in a relationship, like multiple dates? Like so just one date or or like where you think uh, the longest you've gone where you haven't been with somebody that you thought, oh, this could go somewhere. Uh, I would say like a year and a half. Not bad for someone who's 24. Because I think like a lot of people in that age group are like serial monogamists. Yeah. 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 It's it's like one way or the other. But yeah, I just didn't even bother looking after like a bad breakup. And then it went like a year and a half where I had gone on dates with guys, but like it never like exceeded that. And I was fine with it. And I was like, eh. If I looked like you, Liz, and uh, I would be taking, I would be taking me out for a spin constantly. You always say that, <laughs> and I think that's the thing. Both Sandra and I know what Liz looks like, and we know her personality and how lovely she is. And I think that's why it's it blows our minds that Liz is single because we see. I just her want to say, but like, so a- is Jennifer Aniston. So it's like, oh, look, yeah, that's fair. That's like, yeah. the prettiest woman in the world is single. She's pretty, but there's something about her where I think she's a total bee behind closed doors. <laughs> Maybe I am too. She's got the bee vibe for me. Yeah, okay. Like she's pretty and she knows she's pretty. There's something unattractive about that. You know, I disagree. I think that it's confidence. 
And some people say somebody's a woman is a bee because she exudes confidence. Um, I like Jennifer Aniston. I do. I don't think she's a bee. And, it, and and if she is, I want her to teach They're me. They're best friends. They talk every day, Hillary. That's know? right. Don't talk about my bestie like that. What's wrong with you? So if you could change one thing about the way you date, what would you do? Like something unrealistic or something realistic? No, something that, like a change that you could make in yourself. Like, do you see that there's anything uh, full on being completely honest with yourself? What would you change about the way that you date? Oh, that's a tough one. So besides being completely honest with myself and like realizing a situation <laughs> is bad, uh, I don't know, I guess, I guess it, like seeing the signs sooner or just, I don't know, being honest with myself would be like number one, because if somebody's just not what you're looking for, or you guys don't vibe well together, like you should just straight up say that and move on because there could be the actual yeah. person. So you're supposed to be what with. you're saying is trust your gut from yeah. the get go. If your gut is telling you somebody's not right for you. Trust I feel it. like I'm getting better at that. Like I used to be like, oh, it's fine. And like they do dumb things and I'd be like, oh, it's not a big deal. But like if I'm uncomfortable with something, whether they agree with it or not, it's like, what's the point? You know, so. Liz, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I feel like we should do another check in with Liz down the road oh, because yeah. I want to know how this new guy works out. Because as what, what funny, smart. sexy is he employed yes oh my god i'm winning in life right now you are winning in life right now liz thank you for coming on the podcast worries thanks guys hillary i hope you get that second appointment with your doctor (laughs) i'm dating doctors right now like not in a romantic way that's right i'm just i'm in between doctors you know (laughs) frig all right well uh good luck with your superiority complex and also the dance moves are you going to sign up for an adult dancing class um I probably you and the seniors oh. <laughs> <laughs> they have special names for seniors classes which i love there's like regular <laughs> workouts and then there's um workout plus or something it's for pregnant women gentle. and seniors the gentle that's right. <laughs> the gentle dancing maybe class. i'll do some gentle dancing i'll see you on the other side of the velvet ropes darling See you later. And don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.